Welcome back, listeners, to this special Vetfolio podcast on the heart of the matter, canine cardiology today, which is underwritten by Beringer Ingelheim Vet Medica, who strives to provide value through innovation as the global leader in the animal health arena. This episode features Dr. Kevin Christensen, a veterinary graduate of Kansas State University and cardiology trained at the University of Pennsylvania. Dr. Christensen is a board-certified veterinary cardiologist who works as a senior scientist in research and development for Beringer Ingelheim Vet Medica, Inc. My name is Matthew Lyon, and I would like to welcome you again to The Heart of the Matter, Canine Cardiology Today, the fourth episode in our podcast series about how today's progressive clinics can diagnose and treat canine heart disease and heart failure. In our three previous episodes, we tackled canine cardiology, heart disease, and CHF by defining the disease and what we're up against. We discussed risk factors and, of course, effective best practices for diagnosis and treatment, as well as how the pet owner plays a crucial role in treatment. Today, we'll keep the focus on the pet owner drilling down into their relationship with the veterinary clinic. We welcome again to the program our friend, Dr. Christensen. Kevin has spent the last 10 years as a veterinary cardiologist and is currently a senior scientist in research and development, pharmaceutical clinical development at Barrier Ingelheim Vet Medica, Inc. Welcome back to the program, Kevin. Hey there. So in episode three, we spent quite a lot of time on the veterinarian pet owner relationship and rightfully so, a good working partnership between veterinarians and pet owner based on a sound education can make a huge difference in better outcomes. Okay, let's explore that idea of education a little bit more. What types of education would a veterinarian provide to a pet owner? Can you walk us down that road? You'll recall in our earlier episodes, we talked about building deeper relationships with our clients. A big part of that is moving away from a reactionary approach to becoming a more proactive partner with pet owners. We want our clients to be proactive too, especially when it comes to congestive heart failure treatment, because achieving treatment goals depends on a great deal on vigilance and ongoing care at home. So in other words, we need to remember that we're in the disease prevention business not just the reactive treatment business? Right. I think we as veterinary professionals need to look for early signs of heart disease and we need to teach our clients what to look for. Compare notes with our clients while involving them as active members of their pet's healthcare team. This will allow us to have more conversations and build trust and bring better days to more dogs. So a move away from a more transactional approach? Yes, but I believe our profession has been moving away from the wait-for-the-call model for some time, and it's a good thing. Is that market forces at play, in your opinion? Part of it is market forces. I mean, you probably read that recent study that pet owners are treating their animals more like family members? Absolutely. So getting back to CHF, Kevin, how do we tie the owner closely to our treatment recommendations and compliance? So obviously, regular veterinary visits and good communication will help detect 
heart disease earlier when it will be easier to manage. Our goal is to team up to identify CHF as early as possible so we can extend lifespan as long as possible. I know we've said it a lot during these podcasts, and it bears repeating to our clients. With consistent treatment, owners of dogs with CHF may see fewer signs, such as less coughing. They may also see an energy boost and improved appetite. Kevin, many of our listeners may have heard this question from pet owners, which is, what's the difference between heart disease and heart failure? That's a great question. In the early stages of heart disease, a dog's body may make adjustments to allow him or her to cope with the disease. During this stage of the disease, a dog may show no visible signs of being unwell or the signs could be mistaken for normal aging. As time goes by and the disease progresses into heart failure, pet owners will likely notice that their dog's health is getting worse. So, Kevin, other than diet, exercise, and regular checkups, what else should we be telling our clients about being a productive part of the care team? One of the most important duties a client with a dog who has CHF can do is monitor the dog's resting respiratory rate at home. It's probably the most powerful way a pet owner can detect the early stages of heart disease and stay on top of their dog's heart disease once a diagnosis has been given. That job is important, but it might be daunting for pet owners. How would you recommend explaining the resting respiratory rate, or triple R, to pet owners? As a one-on-one, I'd tell them that measuring a dog's resting respiratory rate, also known as RRR, or breathing rate, is the number of times a dog breathes per minute while relaxing or sleeping. By keeping track of their dog's RRR, they can help identify changes in breathing. Kevin, and why is it important to reinforce this with pet owners? If the dog is not showing any outward signs of heart disease, a pet owner may feel like everything is normal. As a result, the pet owner may not see the signs of disease progression and become blissfully complacent. That's why it's important for them to monitor their dog's breathing. If anything changes in the dog's breathing, they can notify us right away when we have the best chance to help. Now, how would you tell a pet owner to go about monitoring a dog's breathing? Most veterinarians tell owners to count their dog's breaths per minute. So while the dog is lying down or sleeping, the pet owner would count the number of times their dog breathes in one minute. This is your dog's resting respiratory rate for today. This way, the owner can establish an average or baseline breath rate, typically over a five-day period. Then the owner would compare future breath rates to the baseline. We would provide the owner with a target breath rate or a percent increase that should watch out for. Kevin, are there any tools to help pet owners streamline this process? One of the old school methods was using a watch and writing the results on a chart. And that works. 
But the makers of Edmedden created the Heart RRR app for people with smartphones. It's a free download from the Apple App Store or from the Google Play Store. It can easily track a dog's RRR, compares the RRR over time, and has the functionality to upload information directly to a veterinarian. It's amazing stuff. So there's an app for that. Yeah. Kevin, thanks for that. What happens if a client discovers that their dog's RRR is above the target breathe rate? Ideally, the pet owner needs to keep an eye out, note any changes, and discuss what they're seeing with us as much as possible. Besides breathing, be sure to tell your clients to call you if they see any other changes in their dog's behavior or quality of life. Is he or she having more trouble exercising lately? Have they noticed a cough? Is their dog restless at night? These types of changes can be signs of heart disease progression. Kevin, to wrap things up here, what would be the main idea you'd like veterinarians to get across to clients about caring for a dog with heart disease or CHF? I'd let clients know that looking for signs of CHF is not about looking for bad news or taking every cough to mean their dog has heart disease. Clients should look at this vigilance as a way to identify the disease as early as possible and create a therapy protocol to help improve the quantity and quality of the dog's life. So CHF doesn't have to be a three-month death sentence? Exactly. And a rigorous medication therapy at the first signs of CHF with Betmedin in conjunction with diuretics and ACE inhibitors. Because early treatment can result in a longer and better quality of life for the dog. Great. Well, look at that. We are out of time. Can you believe we've done four of these things, Kevin? I had a great time. Can't wait to come back. Same here. Remember, you can catch all of our Heart of the Matter Canine Cardiology Today episode on vetfolio.com. Before we leave, here's some important safety information about VetMedin. Use only in dogs with clinical evidence of heart failure due to AVVI or DCM. The most common side effect reported in field studies was poor appetite, lethargy, diarrhea, hypsia, hazotemia, weakness, and ataxia. This has been Heart of the Matter Canine Cardiology Today, underwritten by Barringer Ingelheim Vet Medica. Be sure to catch every episode in the series at vetfolio.com. And for more information about VetMedin, visit bi-vetmedica.com. Well, listeners, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for joining us for this special four-part series.